Hello, Health Investor. Welcome to another episode of the Health Investment Podcast. Today, you're going to hear from Susan Niebergall. Susan is the owner of Susan Niebergall Fitness and co-coach in the Syatt Fitness Inner Circle with Jordan Syatt. She's an online strength coach with a passion for helping people change their lives by showing them it's never too late to feel better, move better, lose fat, or build strength and muscle. Susan is 63 years old and made every mistake in the book, but she was able to turn it all around in her mid-50s, and her goal is to help empower you to do the same. Change is possible at any age. It is truly never too late. In the episode, Susan discusses weight loss during menopause, mistakes she made in her 30s and 40s, how to feel in control around food on weekends, and more. If you're liking this podcast, I'd be so grateful if you'd write a review and share it with a friend. Enjoy the episode. I'm Brooke Simonson, certified nutrition coach and your host of the Health Investment Podcast. If you're ready to look and feel your best without any confusion, frustration, or stress, you're in the right place. Each week, I interview experts and share no-nonsense, research-backed tips so that you can finally lose weight for good, eat healthy long-term, have the high energy you crave, and feel like a million bucks. I'm so happy you're here with me today. Don't forget to hit subscribe so that you never miss an episode. Hi, Susan. Thank you so much for joining me today on the Health Investment Podcast. Hey, Brooke. Great to see you. It's so good to have you here. I love your Instagram content, uh, and I don't say that to everybody. (laughs) (laughs) I say it to a lot of people on here because I like to invite people on here who have great content, but your account truly is no-nonsense, straightforward (laughs) advice. It's It's really, really good. So we are going to tell everybody where to find and follow you. But I just want to preface this conversation saying, I know you're going to drop a lot of awesome information here, but then everybody can go find you on Instagram and you're going to just blow their minds with your content over there as well. Thank you. I really appreciate this coming from the non-tech girl. That's thank you. <laughs> well, we and we already got our tech issues away out of the way. Yeah, right. So, so we're all but, good. But even with social media, you know, it, it's one of these things that um, I I didn't grow up with this stuff. You know, so it's it's all to this day still a little foreign to me. You know, yeah. so I appreciate comments on my social media because man, I, you know, I try. I don't have anybody do it for me. I just kind of try some things go really well and some things aren't so well and it, you know it is what it is <laughs> but i also appreciate that your posts are typically more about the content than the imagery or the fluff if that makes sense oh yeah you know yeah. so it's just straightforward you're getting great information but you kind of inspired me i was in a rep for a while of just trying to make pretty posts and i was in canva and then I would look at your stuff and I'm like, I love her content so much. And it's just the reason I like it is because you can really focus on the message because you're not distracted by all the colors or fancy stuff. And I'm not a creative person for that either. You know, I wish I was. 
Um, and, and I'll be honest, I go through times where I feel like I have nothing more to say. I don't know what to do. Da, 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 da. Can't think of a thing to post. Well, there's about 50 million things I could talk about, right? We all could. But we go through those periods where we're, it's almost like a little bit of a burnout to a degree, you know, like, okay, I need to stop trying so hard at this and just take a deep breath. Mm-hmm. And, and, and maybe just post something like, I think the video I posted, did I think I did it today. It was from a question box. I said, I just need to, you know, I was sitting outside. I just need to put the phone up and talk about this because that question really kind of raised a red flag with me. It was about, something about, well, if I go over my carbs, am I going to be okay? You know, that mm-hmm. kind of thing that is still one of those big myths that are out there. I'm like, no, let's just kind of sit down and have a chat here, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> so sometimes, sometimes it's those yeah, things. Just kind of organic. Yep. Answering questions is always a good place to start when you run out of ideas because yeah. people yeah. are telling you what they want to know, which yeah, is Yeah, for helpful. sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Can you tell us a bit about your background and specifically what led you to become a weight loss coach? Yeah. So um, I am an educator. I was a um, high school band director, elementary school band director, and then a school counselor for most of my career. I was in education for about 33 years and retired about six years ago now, which I cannot believe it's been that long. Um, But during this whole career of education, I also became a gym rat. Like I was the person that started with jazzercise was probably where I first actually started with something. And then I joined a gym and did classes just like a lot of people. Right. And back then the classes were high intensity aerobics kind of stuff with a little weight at the end or whatever. I loved it. It just it it got me back into the gym you know, over and over and over and over again. And the gym that I was going to at the time had a real open layout. So I could see the weight section and I could see trainers working with people. And I thought, well, man, that'd be kind of fun too. So I hired a trainer and started working with him and began to love it. And so that kind of started the whole weight training thing. So really I've been in and out of a gym for a long time, right? But I... Back then, and even to this day, you don't see a lot of gym trainers talking about nutrition, right? That's not a lot of their thing. Their thing is you come and they'll give you a workout and then you go home and you don't really have much interaction with them until you see them the next time you go, right? And that's how it kind of was for me. But I... I truly began to love lifting and I worked with many trainers over the year at different gyms that I belonged to over decades, literally. Um, But no one really had a nutrition thing going. And so while I was never obese, I was always overweight and I did lose about 50 pounds with Jenny Craig back in the day when Jenny Craig was kind of new and out there. And for those that don't know, Jenny Craig is a meal plan company. You buy their food and you eat it and you lose weight, which is essentially what happened. Um, The problem with that is there was no real education behind that. Like I didn't know how much I was eating. I didn't know how much protein I was getting. Um, All I knew was they told me to eat this little tray of food and I did and I started losing weight. Um, And I look back on that now and think I was probably eating 1,200 calories, 1,100 maybe. I mean, the the trays were small. (laughs) You know, there wasn't a lot there. And I was hungry a lot. So that's kind of what I learned is that if I want to lose weight, I have to eat very little and be hungry. And so as you can imagine, after you leave that, you 
that's how you know how to survive in the real world, which is not a great strategy. <laughs> you know, it's not real life. It's not going to last. And of course it didn't. So once I left Jenny Craig, I gained and lost increments of that 50 for decades. I never had it together. So while that's going on, I'm getting the love of lifting, which is that's going well. I'm learning and I'm loving that, but I never could sustain any kind of sustainable weight loss program because I didn't know how to do it. Right. Mm -hmm. Until, gosh, it's almost been, I think it's like eight years now. Um, I, I remember look actually nine years. I, I remember looking um, down my belly one, one day and like, what has happened to me? You know, I look, I, I just like this belly appeared out of nowhere, thought it was after a while I started thinking, yeah, you know, that's probably menopause. Oh yeah. I always heard that menopause, you get this belly, this part of what's goes on. My metabolism must have slowed down. So I'm just going to go see my doc, get the blood work done, get my medication. Metabolism will go right back up and off I go. Right. You know, mm -hmm. and this whole time period, eight to 10 years ago was mortifying for me because I had gotten certified as a trainer right before then. So I'm like, I, here I am as a trainer and I can't even get my own act together here. I'm living this. I thought I was living this lie. You know, I was humiliated to be honest, go to the doctor. She says, you know what? Your blood works fine. Um, no, your metabolism is not slow. You are fine. You're eating too much. Hmm. Well, that was like, wow, a big slap in the face because I thought I was doing everything right. I was the clean eater. I created a food bubble and I would never really venture out of my food bubble, but I ate a lot in that food bubble. You know, I was not tracking. It was healthy. Why do I need to track healthy food? Blah, blah, blah. Um, but it were, I was in prison because I wouldn't let myself kind of venture out and have the cupcake once in a while or have whatever the, the foods that I loved. I wouldn't do it. But I still wouldn't track my my food either. So I like nuts. I, I remember nuts being the thing so healthy and I would eat a ton of them, mm -hmm. a ton of them. And those are very high in calories, you know. So no matter how healthy you're eating, you still got to have some semblance of portion control there, too. So anyway, this was just a big nightmare. Um, but I had the truth. She gave me the truth. And I started implementing small things, decided I was going to hire Jordan Syatt as my coach, um, which I did. And that's been about eight years ago. And uh, I thought I wanted a power lift. So that's why I, I hired him. I didn't go to him for nutrition, but I paid attention to everything he wrote, everything he put out, and I joined his inner circle right away as well and started implementing guidelines that we still use to this day in the inner circle. Um, and I started seeing all kinds of change. I mean, uh, my life changed. Everything changed. How I thought, um, physical changes, mental changes, everything just changed. And it wasn't overnight. It's over a period of years, but when I, I finally found the right combo for me, right? I took responsibility. That was the big thing that of things I wasn't doing, you know, back in the day that I thought I was doing, but I was really just lying to myself. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I feel like that's a big issue with a lot of people my age, because we went through decades of doing some crazy stuff, thinking it was the right thing. Mm -hmm. And as, as time goes on, we start learning all of these other things and, and it's hard to accept that when you have had a belief in your head for 40 years, you know? Um, so fighting a lot of that, things started to change and I started to trust the process more, 
take responsibility and lo and behold, I look different, I feel different, and I feel like now it's my responsibility to let everyone know that it's never too late to change, you know? And I've taken that responsibility on. I, I'm one of, I know there are people out there older than me, but I feel like there aren't. <laughs> I feel like I'm the oldest person on the planet, which I know is dumb, but I feel that way in this industry, right? I mean, yeah. this industry has a lot of younger people in it, but I also feel that it's my mission and it's a responsibility I have to, to break the myths, to help people rethink things because I was there. I used to think all that stuff too and free yourself of so much of this garbage so that you can finally make the change. So that's kind of my mission right now. Hmm. First, before we go on, I was also in education. I was a teacher. I taught middle school and high school. Oh English. yeah. Middle school kids, man. Right. <laughs> I was a middle school counselor. Those middle school girls. Holy Ooh. smokes. Yeah. <laughs> I taught at a school when I taught middle school, I taught at a school that separated the kids by sex. So it was, I had the boys and then I had the girls. Uh, wow. And wow. The challenges. Yeah. I mean, different challenges. The boys yeah. were more kind of rambunctious all over the place, yep. but the girls, I mean, if I asked one to stop talking, she and her friends would be mad at me for a week. It oh, was, yeah. Oh, yeah. It was crazy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I moved to high school and it was slightly better. It was an all boys school. So, it was, you know, different challenges always. But uh, that must also be why I love your content. I feel like I can tell that maybe your content, you know, it is from an educator that, that from makes an a educator. lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate that. When you were doing the jazzercise and then you started doing the weights and then you started doing the training. Were you confused at the time as to why you weren't losing weight? Did you think that exercise would be your primary, like once you started exercising more or lifting weights, you would lose weight? hundred percent, hundred percent. And I thought the more I worked out, the better, right? Absolutely. The better. And, and it's interesting because when people reach out to me or I have a conversation with them. And I literally just had a DM and Instagram just a little bit ago from someone who is struggling to lose weight. And the only thing she talks about in this message is her workouts. Mm -hmm. That's it. I work out four times a week. I do my zone two cardio. Da, 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 da. I walk, I get my steps in, blah, 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 blah. And I, I can't seem to lose weight. And I'm like, well, you haven't even talked about the one thing that's going to actually help you lose weight. And I don't know if that's a generational thing or what, but it's prevalent everywhere, to be perfectly honest. I, I feel like we all go to that first. And and I, I started talking about weight loss as like it's a car. You call it the weight loss car. And in any car, you have a driver of that car. And the driver of any car is responsible for getting you from point A to point B. And in the weight loss car, the driver has to be nutrition, right? It has to be. Um, and so I, I, I feel like, um, people look to the, the passenger riding shotgun, which is training. Training is going to help you get there, but it's not training's responsibility for you to lose weight, right? It's the driver of the car. So we've got to shift our focus over here to the driver. That should be the first thing that someone talks about who's struggling with weight loss. Mm -hmm. It shouldn't be the training because that's not the issue. It never is the issue. It is always going to be your nutrition first, right? Then we can talk about, let's get you up off the couch. I mean, if you're completely sedentary or, 
or walking or, or, or let's talk about your workouts, whatever it is. But people just always want to reverse the roles, you know, mm -hmm. and, and, and I feel like it's got to be made clear who that driver is, because I never thought of it like that. And so many people told me, man, oh my gosh, that makes so much sense. Right. Mm -hmm. And really without focusing on your, on your nutrition, I mean, weight loss, you're going to keep spinning your wheels. You're just going to keep treading water, you know, mm -hmm. because you're thinking the more I do over here with working out the better. Right. I want to take a quick break from the episode to tell you about a company I've been impressed by for years. Thrive Market is an online shopping platform that offers thousands of products at 25 to 50% off retail prices. For just $60 a year, you get access to a wide variety of premium pantry staples, supplements, beauty products, and home goods at unbeatable prices. To put things in perspective, I save about $20 to $30 per shipment which means my annual membership fee pays for itself after just two orders. My favorite part about Thrive Market is that for every paid membership, they donate a membership to a low-income family, veteran, or teacher. So not only do you save money on your purchases, but you also make healthy products accessible to everyone. To read my full Thrive Market review, steal my shopping list of over 150 items, and save additional money on your first order, visit thehealthinvestment.com slash Thrive Market, or just click through the link in the show notes. Now back to the episode. You mentioned that with Jenny Craig, you were probably eating 1200 calories a day. Yeah. yeah. I think a lot of people then they'll think, okay, they'll hear you say that they'll think nutrition first and foremost. Therefore, that means I need to do Optavia or isogenics, or I need to hop in my fitness pal and track and be eating 1200 calories. Tell us more about what do you mean when you say nutrition? Do you have to eat 1200 calories or what do you do? You know, I think we all think that we used to have to do that. Like that's the only way to lose weight. How many times, and you've probably heard this too, that, that people say the only way I can lose weight is eating 1200 calories or mm -hmm. whatever number, whatever low number you want, insert low number there. Um, 1200 just seems to be the number we all talk about. And, and actually I should say for a very small part of the population, that could be an appropriate number, mm -hmm. but for most people, it's not even close. And so I, I think the problem becomes where you're raised that you're brought up that way in a generation that thinks you have to be miserable. You have to overly restrict. You have to do these crazy drastic things in order to lose weight when the reality is, no, you don't. And you're better off if you don't. You're better off to eat more calories, be consistent with hitting those calorie numbers, which is ultimately the problem, right? People just aren't being consistent with their 16 or 1700 calories. And because they're not being consistent, they think, well, this doesn't work. So I obviously have to reduce calories and then I'll lose weight. Well, no, it would have worked had you been there consistently and had you stuck with it for a while, would you be losing two to three pounds a week? No, of course not. And that's probably not a great thing to do anyway, because that's going to be a hard thing to maintain as you go. So why not add more calories in, stick with it for a longer period of time, be consistent with that, be happier, feel like you got more energy on board, not be miserable, feel like you can include foods that you love within that 
16, 17, whatever the number is, and um, live your life accordingly. You know, that's how it's supposed to work. But anybody that says, I've only been able to lose weight eating 1,200 calories has not been consistent with right. a higher number, more appropriate number of calories. I mean, that's just it. And that's really an that's easy to, to, to lose sight of, I think, when, when it's you in the moment, right? Because you don't count the extra latte here. Your weekends are a little wishy-washy and you're thinking you're not eating that much and blah, blah, blah. And then you're back at it again. And on Monday and you're like, well, I, I can't, I'm not losing weight. This doesn't work for me. And after about a week or two, you kind of give up, you know, I think it's lack of consistency, lack of patience. I'm sure you've been told so many times by somebody, you don't understand. I'm eating 1200 calories and I can't lose weight or, yeah. you know, but no, you're not. It's a tough conversation to have. I mean, yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, someone has called me the mother of tough love. And I like that because I feel like I come across that way sometimes because sometimes you can't sugarcoat it. Said, so, mm -hmm. look, I, I totally get what you're saying, but let's talk. And when, when we start talking about things, we all of a sudden start finding the loopholes, right? Mm -hmm, right? We find the weekends and it's usually, honestly, the weekends that are the issue, right? And, and going off track here, not counting this, not counting that, nibbles, taste, whatever, blah, 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 all the things on the weekend. And then you start over again on Monday and you think, wow, this is just not working for me, you know, and all you're remembering is how good you were sticking to those calories Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, you start drifting a little bit. Friday, you drift a little bit more because God knows there's happy hours and stuff on Friday. Go out for dinner. Saturday, you're running errands. You're getting lunch out. You're probably getting dinner out too. You're not tracking really anything. You're, you're, you had a couple glasses of wine because you were so good during the week. You do, you know, all these things, you constantly do that. And depending on what you do, you could easily consume thousands of calories and not even think about it. Mm -hmm. You know, it's super easy to do. Um, but taking someone through the discussion and having them talk about what they do is, is super important. And oftentimes I would have my clients take pictures of what they're eating and send to me. And we start finding these little loopholes. Mm -hmm. And I also tell people on Instagram a lot, look, if you, if you swear that this is going on, here's a great way to determine this for four weeks in a row. You are 100% consistent. That means there's no estimating. You don't go out. You don't do any of these other things for four weeks. You are sticking to your calorie range and your protein goal for four weeks in a row. And I will tell you right now, you will find the loopholes when you do that. You know, if you are honest about it, you will find exactly where the problem is. I'd love for you to elaborate on why you just said your calorie goal and your protein goal. And you didn't mention also tracking yeah. carbs and fat because people yeah. love to overcomplicate it. And I think there are macro coaches out there who are, or I know there are, because I have clients come to me saying, I had a coach had who was having me track calories, protein, <laughs> carbs, and fat. And if they didn't fit into all of those, I wasn't supposed to eat the thing. And I respond, I have no idea how I would even <laughs> do that. My head explodes yeah. thinking about this. Yeah. I don't it's know so, how you do that. And it, and they don't. And they're like, it was terrible. Yeah. I was basically eating rice and chicken and broccoli for yep. every dinner. I mean, there are certain meals that fit their macros. It's that whole like, I, I, whatever, if it fits your macros oh, yeah, yeah. out there, yeah. I hate it. It's so stressful to me. And I'm like, don't yeah. come. I had a, cli a prospective client who 
asked if I was going to help her track all of them. And I said, no, I'm not. I'm going to help you track calories and protein if you choose to track. And then she said, I think that's ridiculous. I don't want to work with you. And I was like, awesome. <laughs> great. Yeah. We're not going to be a great fit. I don't even know how to do that. So I'm yeah. not going to do that with you. Yeah. But elaborate. What do you mean when you're saying let's track calories and protein? I mean, the bottom line here is to lose weight. It's all about eating less than your body needs in, in, in the form of energy and, and calories. And those calories can be from wherever you want. I mean, we, we hear people eating only Twinkies and they lose all this weight or they eat only Subway or they only eat McDonald's or whatever they choose to eat to prove a point that, yeah, you can eat all of that kind of stuff and still lose weight. We're going to talk about your health in a minute. That's a completely different discussion because trust me, your health isn't going to be great if you do that. But the point is, it's not about carbs. It's not about fats. It's not about protein to the extent of actual weight loss. It's about your total number of calories, right? So it's calories are king. That's the most important thing. The next most important thing is protein. And protein needs to be the other macronutrient that you do track. And luckily, it's pretty easy to track, right? Anywhere from 0.7 grams to 1.0 grams per pound of your goal weight is a great place to be for protein. And the reason protein is so important for us is because you want to maintain your muscle mass while you're losing weight. That's super important because, God, the last thing you want to do is lose muscle mass as you get older. I mean, that's 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 a death sentence, essentially. You know, it's it's your key. Your key to longevity is being strong and having muscles. So protein's going to help with that. So that's a great reason. Another reason is it helps keep you feeling fuller longer. So you're not going to feel like you're ravenous all the time. Takes longer to digest, blah, 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 all the all the good things. After after you meet your protein goal, you're going to have a lot of calories left. I mean, you will. And those calories, if you just eat like a normal person, a normal human being, and fill in things as you like, like if you want to put some potatoes in there with your dinner, cool. If you want to put whatever in your dinner, cool. As long as everything fits in your calorie umbrella, it's fine. And what we find is that the carbs and fats just kind of naturally balance themselves out pretty well, you know, fr from a calorie perspective. A lot of people might say, you know what, I feel better when I have a little bit more fats. Well, cool. If that's you, you could be more aware of getting f more fats in for those other calories. You don't have to track it, I don't think, but just be more aware of it, that that makes you feel better and make sure everything fits under your calorie umbrella and you're fine. That's the cool thing. That's all you got to do. You don't have to do percentages. My God, if someone talks percentages, my head will just go flying off my head because yeah. I don't even know how to do that. I don't know how to do that. <laughs> I, I have no idea how to do that. And if you're an elite athlete, you probably need to hone in the numbers for your particular thing. But most of us out there, we don't need to be doing that. Mm -mm. We do not need to be doing that. So the good news is it becomes simple. You're, you're tracking calories. And I even like to say, you know, if, if your calorie deficit number is like 1800 calories, let's say, I like to make a range out of that, put a hundred on either side of that 17 to 1900 
give yourself a range because you're never going to hit a number, right? I think that that's really hard to do. Impossible. So a nice range, 100 on either side of that 1,800. Give yourself the protein goal, minimum 0.7. Go, go up from there. Just give yourself a minimum. I'm going to at least hit this amount of protein every single day. Fall in your calorie range. Oh, my God, how easy is this? <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah. it doesn't get much easier. It doesn't get much easier. And speaking of adding in treats and things that you enjoy eating, this particular client who was working with the macro coach, her favorite thing was those little mini Reese's peanut butter cups. Mm. And she said, can I have those? And I said, yeah, you know, just add them in, track them Mm -hmm. and have them. She would have one a day after lunch. She just loved it. And then she said her old coach said, no, you can't do that because it doesn't fit your macros. And so she went I think six months without having a single Reese's peanut butter cup. Well, actually, no, that's not true. She wouldn't have them. And then she would binge them all, of course. Yes. Tons at once. And then go to restricting again. But having a little bit of a treat or indulgence here and there that makes you happy. I mean, that's how I want to live my life. A hundred percent. And I, and, and you were talking about binging. This is the biggest cause of binging, right? Is that people overly restrict. And the problem is after they overly restrict, then they binge on like those Reese's peanut butter cups, right? And then they start feeling the guilt Mm -hmm. and the shame and all of the other stuff that goes with that, all the emotional baggage, then they they overly restrict yet again. Mm -hmm. And that is the problem, right? When you do that again, instead of overly restricting again, stop overly restricting Okay, you had a binge. Okay, move on. Mm -hmm. Just start incorporating some of those more often, like you were just saying, uh, throughout the week or whatever. Um, Allow yourself to enjoy them as part of your normal daily calories. You know, Mm -hmm. that's how we move past that kind of thing. That's just one of the first steps. We always talk about in the inner circle about stop the overly restricting. You got to stop that. You mentioned menopause. And I think there... I saw uh, Abby Langer. Are you familiar with her? Mm -hmm. Yeah. She writes a lot of great articles and things, but she wrote one called Menopause is the New Cash Cow of just how there are a lot of doctors even or people targeting women in menopause, throwing out crazy diets like you have to do intermittent fasting, you have to do X, Y, and Z. If somebody says, let's say the statement, I have hit menopause and it's harder to lose weight. What would your response be? I agree. I mean, there's no sugarcoating that. I totally agree. Our bodies are different now. You know, physiology, it's all different. But we don't use that as an excuse not to try Hmm. and not to work because you can still lose weight. It doesn't mean you can't. It just means it's going to be a little bit more challenging, right? And I think therein lies the difference. People use that as a justification to not try and then complain about it, you know, when the reality is you're still in control over everything. That's the thing people don't understand. You still control the narrative here and you control what you do. So you can either sit there and say, I mean, you have a choice. You can sit there and say, yeah, this is hard. And then not try and then still stay where you're stuck where you are and be unhappy probably about where you are. Or you can say, you know what? Yeah, this is hard. Things stink. I wish I didn't have to do this, but I'm rolling up my sleeves and I'm going to kick ass and do it anyway. You know, that's your choice. 
Mm-hmm. And the thing is, if you choose the latter, you will find that all the basic stuff about losing weight does not change just because you're in menopause, right? I think what might change is that you need to be more on top of it. You don't have maybe the wiggle room that we had before, potentially. Um, you have to be more honest about what you're doing um, and then be willing to take action, to change things, and then be patient with this. You know, trying for a week is not going to get you where you want to be, right? Mm-hmm. But saying, you know what, I'm in this for the long haul. Let me find some activities that I love to do. You know, get out and move, lift some weights, go go out for a run, whatever it is you like to do. Make sure you're you're moving every single day. You're doing something to to build strength and muscle, um, and that you are enjoying the process as you go. Focus on the process, not the end result. Be patient. All of those things. I mean, none of that has changed. It's just we have to be more aware of everything and honest about what what we're doing and our efforts that we're putting in, and then go. You know, other or just stay where you are. You know, it's kind of a choice. And here's the tough love piece, you know, about it. But I feel like people and I was one of those people. I assumed that this was my problem. Like there was something magical happening inside my body that was my body was holding on to fat that no matter what I did, fat wouldn't come off. And I'll be the first to say there are people that do have medical issues that need to have it treated by a doctor and and go from there, right? But for most of us, I thought I did everything right. I wasn't being honest with myself when I thought that. You know, that can't that part of the story comes out later, you know? I wasn't doing everything I could have. I wasn't being accurate. I was overeating. I wasn't tracking like I should have. You know? So I I feel like if we're honest with ourselves, we're willing to put in the work consistently over time. Yeah, you're going to see whatever change you want to see. Outside of hosting this podcast, I work as a nutrition coach specializing in evidence-based sustainable weight loss. If you're ready to stop yo-yo dieting and start living a healthy, active lifestyle you're proud of, I'd love to work with you in one of my programs. Unlike restrictive, one-size-fits-all diets that only provide short-term results, I help you adopt science-backed nutrition and lifestyle habits that work for your unique likes, dislikes, and time constraints so you can lose weight permanently, have high energy throughout the day, feel completely in control of cravings, and stay consistent long-term. To learn more, visit thehealthinvestment.com or follow me on Instagram and TikTok at The Health Investment. The basics still work is what you uh, said. Yeah. So yeah. what you do to lose weight in your 50s and 60s is the same as what you do yeah. to lose weight in your 30s and 40s. However, yeah. you possibly have a little bit less wiggle room. I think you have. a Yeah. Yeah. I think we do have a lot less wiggle room. Um, and I think it, the the, the, the process is going to be slower probably for us. Mm-hmm. I, I just think it will be. And, you know, I'm just thinking anecdotally um, for me, but I, I will, t- will tell you this. The one thing that helped me, the one, one of the things that helped me the most is to let go of the whole eating clean thing. I was going that phase I went through getting rid of that, being more realistic about learning to include foods that I loved along the way. So I would stop overly restricting. And then starting in the gym, you know, I just stopped looking at the scale. I didn't own a scale for so long either. So I didn't even have one to look at. Um, Stop. I just forgot about that part of it and started focusing on 
how am I going to get that first chin up? And, and Jordan will tell you this. I was driven to get a chin up. That was one of those things I've always wanted to do. And, and he programmed things. I just were, I was out my chin up bars out here under the deck and I was in a blizzard practicing my chin ups because it was in my program. I, this is how I was, I was focused on the process. I wanted to do that. And when I let go of all the other things, and focused on the process. I got stronger. I was building muscle. I felt better. And guess what? The scale move, everything kind of fell into place, right? So find something that you love that drives your training. I, I think we all need something to like that. It'll make training more fun. It'll make training less of a check the box. I did my workout today and now I trained today. Um, you know, it gives you more purpose, I guess, is, is another way to say it. And it just makes it more fun. And then you get less obsessed with the outcomes. Like, I should be losing weight faster. Why am I not losing weight faster? You know, all of that garbage just gets, you know, out of your head. So much of what you're saying is this can be enjoyable, yeah. easier, fun even. You don't have to be miserable. No. Oh, gosh, no. And and not to say that there aren't going to be times where you're frustrated and that things don't go well or, you know, that we get off track. OK, well, just hop back on track. You know, it's so funny. Someone asked me the other day because I live in maintenance, right? I'm kind of I don't track anything anymore. I don't do any of that anymore. I just know how to eat and live my life in this little bubble of about five pounds. I just kind of hover in there. And um, someone was saying, well, if you overeat and let's say the scale spikes out of my normal little range, do you go into a deficit to get back down? I'm like, no, no, because it's no longer maintenance then, right? It, I, I'm in the maintenance mindset. No, all I do is just go back to what I normally have been doing. And you know what? The scale works itself out because I didn't eat 10,000 calories, you know, I didn't go over that much. So I don't have a couple pounds of fat on me. I just have a couple pounds of water content in my stomach, things like that, which work itself out, you know, and some people have, as you get older, digestion issues become a real thing, which means you could be holding on to things longer. So that can affect scale weight too. But as long as you wake up and understand that logically, did you eat five, 6,000 calories yesterday for the scale to go up today? No. Okay, cool. Then the scale's not reflecting that. <laughs> you know, I mean, <laughs> learning how to use logic instead of emotions, super helpful and stuff like that. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's the scale's one way of, of acknowledging progress, you know, just one way. Um, I, I think there's so many other ways to acknowledge progress, but getting yourself off of the outcomes and more into a process of something that you enjoy that drives you, I think helps tremendously. If someone comes to you and says their number one challenge is weekend eating, what are some strategies you offer to them? Um, I, a couple things. I always tell them, try to have the first meal out of the gate on a weekend, one that meets your nutrition guidelines, makes you feel good, high in protein, all the things, you know, that kind of sets the stage. It's not going to be make everything perfect, but it's certainly going to set the stage and set you up for a better weekend. So definitely that. Another thing I tell people to do is use bright lines on a weekend and bright lines are just rules or guidelines that you give yourself before you go out on your merry way to a dinner or a party or whatever. And basically you, you're telling yourself, okay, I'm going to go to this dinner with our family and friends. 
it's not a special event. It's just a dinner out with some people. Um, so I'm going to give myself a bright line of, I'm going to have one glass of wine instead of the three or four I might've had. So one glass of wine, I'm not going to pick at the bread basket, but I am going to allow myself to order whatever entree I want. Right. Um, so that alone has now gotten a semblance of control over an evening that could get way out of control. I mean, you can do whatever bright lines you want, but giving yourself a bright line before you go, it's not something that you wait until you get there. It's when you go to that event before you go, you you actually give yourself the, the bright line. Going to a party, for instance, you say, okay, I'm going to ha- allow myself that one drink. After that, I'm going to drink club soda or something. And if there's going to be lots of munchy kind of foods, I'm going to allow myself one plate of food. I'm going to get a plate. I'm going to put whatever I want on it. But after that plate, that's it. I'm not going to eat any more food, right? So you can participate. You can feel like you're, you, you know, you're not deprived of anything, but you have control over it. Mm-hmm. And then when you get back and you realize, wow, I stuck to that. Not only are you going to feel better physically, but you're going to feel better mentally. And you're going to have so much more confidence going into another weekend scenario. Right. And there's tons of different kinds of bright lines you can give yourself. Um, but those work so incredibly well. Um, I had a client who was a big tailgater at Packers games and, 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 I remember the very first time she gave herself some bright lines. She texted me what her bright lines were before she went. It was limiting the drinks to, I don't even remember how many. She would have had six or seven. It was probably two. And then limiting the, the, the amount of food to a plate. And she said it was phenomenal. She mm-hmm. felt so much better. She felt great that she could actually do this and still stay on track. And that's kind of what it's about, you know, is get, keeping some semblance of control. Are you still going to go over calories? Potentially, yeah, but not by so much that you're starting to negate previous efforts, right? Just you just went over your calories, you know. And then I tell people if you're going out for a special occasion, stop with all of that. You need to just go and enjoy yourself birthday, wedding, whatever. Go and enjoy yourself. But if it's just a, another random night out at a restaurant or something and you want to try to keep some momentum, bright lines are a great thing to use. I, for myself, also noticed you know, when I was more in the dieting mindset and restricting, then I'd go on vacation or a weekend would come up and then it was the breaks were off. Cause it was like, this is my time yeah. <laughs> to eat all the things. But yeah. then looking back at those vacations, I mean, I felt terrible. Yeah. And so when you have bright lines, as you call them, or some structure in place, you not only feel better mentally, but you feel better physically. You and do. I just enjoy vacations so much. Yeah. And, now. you know, and, and vacation's a, a different beast too, right? Because it's over a period of time. And for, for the most part, I tell people this, this is vacation. I don't want you doing any of this. I want you to go enjoy vacation. Be present with your family and friends on vacation because when you're 90 years old, you don't want to look back on this and 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 think, damn, I'm really glad I didn't allow myself to eat this, that, and the other, da, 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 on vacation. You're never going to say that. You're going to regret right. that you put such ridiculous rules on yourself to enjoy a vacation, that you were too afraid to enjoy vacation. You know, and when you go on vacation, it doesn't mean that you have to eat like an asshole either. You know, I mean, you, you can use common sense, but if there are foods there that you never eat, try them. How, you know, this is the time to enjoy things like that. It's part of our culture. Um, and when you come back from vacation, 
sure, the scale's probably going to be up. It's not always up, but for a lot of people it is. And again, understanding that give yourself some days, get back on track when you get home and you're going to see things just start to settle down, you know, from the scale and whatever. So don't freak out. It's not like you lost progress or anything. It's normal. It's normal. And just really go and enjoy vacation. And for me personally, that, that was a hard one over time. I had to really practice that Mm. because I was that person that had to work out that I felt like I had to, not because I really wanted to, I had to workout. I had, I shouldn't eat this. I can't have that. Blah, blah, blah. No more. No more. Life's too short for that. And when you look at the grand scope of the year, the two weeks in total that you're on vacation mean nothing. It's when you go on vacation and then you come back and you don't go food shopping for a week and then it's takeout every night and then your vacation turns into a month Yeah. versus if you just go on vacation, enjoy yourself, come back, you're right back on track. I mean, it's nothing. It's like hundred percent. Yeah. It's it's perspective, right? Perspective. In the big picture. Yeah. Zooming out is so, so important to do. So yeah. helpful. One of the final questions I ask each of my guests is, in your opinion, what does it mean to make the health investment? Mm, the health investment. <clears throat> the health investment for yourself, I'm assuming we're, we're talking about, or however. Yeah, I'm going to interpret it that way anyway. Um, making a health investment for yourself, caring enough about yourself first of all, to make the investment of doing something physical, movement of some kind every day, um, caring enough to have a nutritious diet, but also caring enough to enjoy other foods. A healthy diet is not just nutritious foods. It is learning. It's obviously including those, but it's also including foods that you love. And for me, the first thing that pops in my head is chocolate cake, Mm. you know, (laughs) allowing me to have chocolate cake is a healthy investment for me. I'm not eating an entire cake, but I'm eating something I love that will make me happy, that will let me continue to make my health a priority for my family, you know, and for my friends and for my own longevity. You know, I I think all of that blends in together, but we have to care enough to do those things for ourselves. And and I totally understand the people that find that hard to do because I was there. I was there and it took... It's not a switch that you're going to walk in a door and flip. It is going to be something that you have to practice and understand that sometimes things are going to go really well with that. And sometimes they're not. And that's okay too. You just pull yourself up by the bootstraps and then you just keep on going. Mm. I love that. Where can listeners follow and find you? Sure. I am on Instagram. So it's Susan Niebergall Fitness. I have a YouTube channel that has a lot of resources. Again, it's Susan Niebergall. Everything's Susan Niebergall Fitness, actually. Perfect. Facebook to, um, you know, threads, Twitter, all those, all the places. Um, I also have a podcast called the Strong and Lean at Any Age podcast. And I wrote a book about my story. Um, very easy read, but it's called um, Fit at Any Age. It's never too late. And it's literally talks about all the mistakes I made and then how I turned it all around and showing that um, if I can do it, you can do it too. How cool. What was the process like for you writing a book? Um, not easy. Yeah. That's <laughs> what I've heard every author say. I, you know, and I self-published and I had a coach that helped me through that 
piece of it because I don't know anything about that. Um, the editing back and forth, you know, all of this back and forth. And then for me, to be honest, this may sound weird, but um, recalling enough detail from year mm -hmm. decades ago to be able to write enough detail, that was hard. Yeah. Like I had to go through, started looking through photo albums and just things to tr trigger memories. Um, that was really hard for me. That was probably the hardest part. Right. I mean, I think that would be extremely hard for me also, because yeah. I'd say on a good day, my memory is like a <laughs> five I, I, out of 10. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, I feel you. I feel sure, you on that. <laughs> I'm sure it doesn't get better. Yeah. As you age, but just yeah. today, a friend was texting me about something in college and I was like, I have literally zero recollection of what you're talking. <laughs> like, are you sure I was there? She's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Oh, I feel you. So yeah, if I ever choose to write a book, then I will keep that in mind that that will yeah. be a challenge because I know that. Yeah. Be I mean, the, the process was very rewarding in the I'm end, sure. obviously, but yeah. And I'm sure a lot of the stuff you use for nutrition, you know, small steps at a time and, you know, set up structure in your day to, to yep. set All time the aside for this. You do yep. for the book as well. So I'm sure that 100%. was interesting to kind of. Oh, absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Wow. Well, Susan, it has been such a pleasure. Thank you so much for giving us your time today and sharing your wisdom. And I'm connected with you off air, but I know listeners will be excited to do so now. And we all look forward to learning more from your Instagram and every other outlet you just shared with us. Well, thanks so much for having me, Brooke. This was great. Awesome. Well, that's all for today. Thanks again for joining me here on the Health Investment Podcast. I'm so grateful for each and every one of my listeners. On your way out, remember to hit subscribe so that you never miss an episode. See you next week. All content in this podcast was created for general informational purposes only by a non-physician. None of the content should serve as a substitute for professional medical advice, treatment, or diagnosis. Always consult a qualified health provider with any questions regarding a medical condition and before making changes to your diet, lifestyle, and or exercise programs. Do not disregard any professional medical advice you have received or postpone seeking such advice because of something you heard on this podcast.